So, no matter where you live, everybody has a neighbor. You know, it may be five feet away or ten feet above. Or it may be, if you're really lucky, ten acres away. (laughs) Depending upon the neighbor, of course. So, we've all got neighbors, but let me just ask you this. Has anybody ever had a bad neighbor? Oh. Yeah. I could tell you some stories. It wouldn't belong in church about some of the neighbors I've had. You know, it's either the loud music. Or the nonstop partying. And it's not just New Year's Eve, but it's any time. I'm sure you've heard of that. Or how about the guy with a straight pipe Harley (laughs) that revs it up and it's missing a couple. So it's skipping and popping and skipping and popping and it's 1.30 a.m. Yeah. Or six o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. Or how about the neighbor on Saturday if you work during the week? Some people it doesn't apply to. But Saturday will get out the lawnmower at 6 a.m. And the weed eater. Yeah. Or it could just be their backyard floodlight. That could be it. Just something that easy. Not to mention the grass is not mowed or the garbage. Or how about the coming from a county north of here that shall remain anonymous? How about the three junk cars or more? Maybe they're covered up with a tarp. Maybe they're not, but they'll never run again. As a matter of fact, they mow the grass around them. We did a message on that. Yeah. Well, so... Everybody's got a neighbor. And Jesus, I want you to know, talked about neighbors. And what he did is he really radically defined what we in today's world think that a neighbor is, which is someone that just lives right beside us or in front of us or behind us. And, uh, and it started with a question. And this is how Jesus had this brought to him. Uh, back in Matthew 19 and Luke 18, there's a story that the same question was asked. It was asked by a young rich man who had a lot of money, and he wanted to know, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? How do I inherit that? And Jesus said, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. The guy said, well, I've done all that. He says, so then sell all you have, give it to the poor and follow me. And it said he went away sad because it was more than what he could do. But this is not that story. This story is in Luke 10, 25. And again, it started with a question. And as Jesus was teaching, there was an expert in the law that was there. He was like a lawyer. He knew the law. He knew the statutes. He knew uh, word for word and could quote it. And this expert or lawyer or teacher or even interpreter... You see, lawyers live on questions. 
That's how they make their living. Is they question and probe and search. And they go after and after and after that. And so it starts with a question. And questions are their craft. You know, it started with the, the ten, the ten commandments. And he knew them. I guarantee that this lawyer or this expert knew everything in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But what this lawyer did is it was in a teaching situation and Jesus was sitting down and teaching and the lawyer stood up. It would be like if one of you stood up in here. And usually that would mean they have a question or they want to make a statement or they want to be seen. And he stood up and he asked Jesus this question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, that's something we all want to know. At one time or another, we've always thought, what does it take to go to heaven? What does it take to go to heaven? Everybody through eternity and up through today wants to know how to get to heaven. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ has an answer for that. So if you're searching, search no more. What must I do to, etern- uh, to inherit eternal life, he said. And then Jesus asked the questioner a question. And he says, well, what's written in the law, Mr. Lawyer, Mr. Expert, Mr. Teacher, Mr. Interpreter? What's written in the law? How do you read it? And, you know, he knew that this expert knew the answer. And oftentimes we'll ask a question either because we know the answer and want to seem smarter than what we are, or it's like the question that your kids will ask you or have asked you, and if they haven't asked you yet, they will. Well, Daddy, Mama, can I go down to such and such with such and such? I won't be out late. I should be home by midnight. Yeah. Nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. And so they know the answer that I'm going to say no, but they'll ask it anyway. And so this lawyer did the same thing. Jesus said, so what is it going to take to? Yeah, how do you read it? And this is how he answered. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And this came out of the law that a lawyer would know. In Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. Further in Leviticus, it says, Don't seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So the lawyer got that from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And Jesus said, You have answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. Seems simple, doesn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, one of those you can't see very well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The other one is a little more visible. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said, do this and you'll live. But the guy had another question. That's how lawyers make it. And you know what? 
the people that we know, when we share the Lord with them, they may have another question. Be prepared for that. Jesus was. He said this. He asked this other question. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? You know, for us, neighbors are in a neighborhood. And so Jesus gave an example that this lawyer would know. He said, who's my neighbor? Well, your neighbor's in your neighborhood. And the neighborhood here that Jesus is talking about is called the way of blood. It's, it was a road. And uh, let me ask you, as you drive up and down any major road, almost in any town as you're riding around, what do you notice on the side of the road that people have thrown out? Junk. <laughs> Trash. Garbage. Nothing else. You notice those? Nothing else has changed from then to now. This way of blood was between Jerusalem and Jericho. And Jerusalem is up on a hill. And it's, uh, Jericho is down. And it's to the northeast. And this road is 17 miles and it drops 3,000 feet through winding, cavernous mountains and hills. It's a great place to hide and rob people. And that's why it was called the way of blood. Because many people were killed and robbed there on this road. And these robbers there that Jesus is talking about, they saw a person that was going down the road and they robbed him. They beat him. They stripped him of his clothes and they threw him on the side of the road like a bag of trash to die. Side of the road. Have any of you been on the side of the road before? Have any of you been thrown out, cast out, rejected, denied, told you weren't good, you couldn't make it, you'd never amount to. Have you ever been on the side of the road? Yeah. And so what happened is, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and by the way, the city of Jericho was the last big city that Jesus Christ left before he went to Jerusalem was crucified. The way of blood, where he shed his blood for us. So a priest came by. He had finished his duties in Jerusalem, was going to Jericho. And he saw the guy on the side of the road that was beaten, robbed, and naked. And he kept going. You know, priests can't get dirty. Dead bodies, the law says you touch a dead body, get around dead body, you're unclean. But it seemed like he had already left his service. He was leaving Jerusalem. Next to Levite, those that help in service. He walked by. And again, he didn't stop. He just kept on going. And the last one that was, that was coming by, which Jesus is explaining to this lawyer. Because he asked the question, who's my neighbor? 
Jesus said, then a Samaritan came by, a, a race of people that the Jews didn't like with. They said, stay away from them. Keep away from them. And the Samaritan had pity on him. He bandaged up his wounds. He poured oil and wine on him, and he put him on his donkey, and he carried him to an inn. And he spent two denarii, which would mean a couple of weeks' stay in an, in an inn there. And he told the innkeeper, if you need more when I come back by, I'll pay you. Priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. Looking at something on the side of the road that had been cast away. Neighbor is a friend. Or where two are concerned, neighbor is the other. Doesn't just mean you live next to them. And according to Christ, any other man, irrespective of race or religion, with whom we live or whom we chance to meet. Have you ever met anybody on the side of the road that needed a hand? See, the bottom line is, neighbors, you love them, or you hate them, or you may be indifferent to them. But God wants you to love them. So as the lawyer had finished his questioning, Jesus says, well, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert of the law said, well, the one who had mercy on him. You see, the neighbor wasn't the one hurting. He was the one helping. But by helping the one hurting, they became neighbors. They never lived together. They didn't work together. You didn't see them out walking their dog with or without a bag. They were neighbors. You see how we treat those in need shows our true attitude towards Christ. And I want you to know that Jesus himself to the Jews was an outcast. Jesus himself was tossed to the side of the road as not mattering. He was tossed so hard, he was robbed of his deity by the Jews. He was beaten by the Romans. He was stripped naked except for a loincloth and a, a crown on his head. And he was crucified. friend of mine, Mike Ellis, sent this this week. Here's what he said. Uh, Jesus prepared a meal for the multitudes to remind us that we feed people not because we believe they deserve it, but because they're hungry. See, the robbers exploited the guy. The rabbi and the Levite, they walked by and ignored him, just like a piece of trash on the side of the road. The innkeeper housed him. The Samaritan helped him. But Jesus died for all of them. 
despite their sins or misgivings. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said this, go and do likewise. So it kind of begs the question of what do we do? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to handle this? What I would say is, as you walk through your daily life, as you're around people that may or may not be your real neighbor, look on the side of the road. There is someone that needs you. And you may be the last of the three to walk by. Don't ignore them. They need oil and wine. They need bandages. It may not be wounds that you can see. The wounds may be so deep and so internal. You may be the only one they talk to. They may be on the side of the road and you know it. Do this and you'll have eternal life. So this week, I challenge you. I challenge you to ask God to open up your mind and your spirit. I challenge you to ask God to give you fresh eyes to see who is on the side of the road that's been walked by probably for years. Ask God, Lord, if I need to do something with them, place them in front of me. Let me see them. I've ridden by this road every day and... I just haven't seen them. May God grant you the power to be their neighbor. Dear God, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ, and he's made this possible. Thank you, Lord, that your son can take a simple story and make this simple story applicable to our life, a to-do for us. What do we need to do? Love your neighbor as yourself, and you'll have eternal life. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, now's your time. We'll have people here that will pray for you when the service is over. We'll be up front. If you need prayer... If you are on, have been, or think you're going to be on the side of the road and you need prayer, please come up. We've got people here that are trained that want to pray with you, that want to lift you up. I thank you all. If you'd like to, those that will be um, praying up here, kind of stay away from the altar if they're praying with someone. If not, God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a great, great weekend. Hello. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at The Living Cornerstone.